I love the movie, The Matrix. The concept behind it that we live our lives in an imaginary model of reality is a compelling one for me because quite frankly, it's not far from the truth. Hi, it's Ben, and this is Jazz Metaphysics. No, we aren't living within a computer-generated world, but we do live our lives within a system of our beliefs and expectations. Everything we experience is run through that filter, removing anything that doesn't line up with what we've told ourselves as a narrative. So in a very real sense, we are living within generated stories. We probably haven't entirely appreciated how much that has contributed to our lives and even to our collective history. Without living within a story of possibility, Columbus would never have sailed the Nina, Pinta, and Santa Maria into the Atlantic. Without riding on the back of a photon, Einstein might never have proposed the theory of relativity. On a more personal note, most of us would never have risked anything without having some story of the why we should take something on. So, stories. Stories we tell ourselves. Stories we tell each other. They're not bad. They're just our version of a finite set of inputs. And a useful story is just that. Useful. Sometimes those stories help us to get through some very difficult times particularly when we invest them with our strong belief. This doesn't mean that they are true, just that they are operational truths that serve our needs in a given moment. Many metaphysical teachings embrace the idea that our state of mind and the stories we tell and retell changes the fabric of physical reality. I don't actually believe that. I have a conservative scientific view that at this precise moment, every atom and subatomic particle is exactly where it is for a very good reason. And nothing that we conceive of, think about, or believe has any effect whatsoever that will change that. If we step in front of a crosstown bus, nothing we think about will change its physical impact. But that's not the complete picture either. The universe is so vast and so beyond our conception, with infinite space, time, variables, mass, and movement, that there is absolutely no way we can begin to appreciate just its size and complexity, much less to assign meaningful conclusions as to its content. The scientific, historical, and intellectual backstory that make up our collective understanding of the universe are an incredibly limited subset based upon our personal experience coupled with our shared agreements with each other, which are then simplified into conclusions of what all that means. A synthesis. A shortcut. On a personal level, we experience what we are capable of seeing, hearing, and feeling. As animals with a fixed set of sensory inputs, we can only directly experience what our sensory organs are tuned to. And they are only that. Sensory organs physical organs that provide feedback to our brains. Each only perceive a tiny slice of what is actually occurring around us, and we have only five sensory channels to work with. Our eyes pick up a tiny range of frequencies, with insects perceiving far more colors and patterns than we, and dogs hearing frequencies we can only dream of. 
Scientific measuring equipment that extends this range are not experienced directly and are limited by normalizing those frequencies and measurements into ranges that we can see and understand. And those understandings are based upon historically based conclusions with a similarly tenuous basis. So the full frequency of life is not available to us experientially. In practice, our brains select cues from the limited bandwidth we can perceive and assign relevance and meaning to them. In fact, it is this ability to synthesize multiple and woefully incomplete input into meaning that allowed us to survive on the Serengeti and today defines our societal understanding of human perception and intelligence. Sometimes our conclusions are even true. I say all this to point to the pointlessness of hard and fast conclusions from what we experience. As Michael Beckwith once said, experience is overrated. Human thought and experience, then, is actually a synthesis of reality and not reality itself. This is the barn door through which we can affect our experience. We create operational truths that serve our needs. We synthesize workable models, true or not, that serve our state of mind. They become the ways we function that work within the limited set of choices we perceive. Perhaps we hope when all evidence is against us, or we trust the untrustworthy acquaintance, and lo and behold, they become worthy of trust. We impose our beliefs and opinions on the world around us. Heisenberg in action. In point of fact, these operational truths become the currency of our experience with those around us, interpersonally, within families, communities, and even nations. What we collectively believe becomes our reality, not in the scientific sense, but in the experiential one. For a long time, I thought the conscious use of these operational truths was somehow dishonest and wrong. It is not the scientific truth, and that was hard for me, I being the son of a scientist. When I attended the Landmark Forum, one of the key lessons I learned was that I was allowed to choose my truth. As I accepted that, an immense breakthrough occurred because it gave me permission to use this contrivance to improve the quality of my life. Marianne Williamson once said, it's true even if it isn't true. I love that idea that our lives are important enough to tell ourselves fictions that hold a deeper truth. But to that I would add the proviso, so long as we are aware that they are fictions. Because these fictions become stories we tell ourselves, they become the narrative of our life. They define what we think is important and what we don't, and how we feel about ourselves and others. The first thing to understand about this, as I alluded, is that we have the freedom to design these stories as we see fit, consciously rather than unconsciously. The second, and more important to our subject, is the underlying nature of stories as they relate to time. They stand aside from the present moment. They are created, written, and inspired into existence in one moment, and then recalled later at some new moment. They are applied to some future condition where we think it might fit. It's a little like a memorized joke that you are desperately trying to find an opportunity to repeat. The joke will never be as good as it was when you first heard it. That moment is gone. That moment for you, the first moment you heard the joke, was along your linear time path. As Captain Jack Sparrow says, if you are waiting for the opportune moment, that was it. 
This idea of a past-created story being applied to conditions that are close to, but not precisely the same as the original moment of creation, is how most of us live our lives. Offline created content forced into the flow of life, an algorithm applied to the flow. Even some successful jazz players use this approach in their solos. They have a lick that they've memorized and practiced offline, and then try and find a place in the music to apply it online. We used to call those players bag players because most of their efforts were spent copying their favorite players' best licks into a set of memorized patterns, or a bag. Back in Boston, I used to hear, Hey man, check out my Herbie bag, or what do you think of my McCoy bag? In computer code, that's called a subroutine, a condensed bit of thinking encoded offline into efficient code that is later triggered into action at some point in the flow of the program or when some variable lines up with a predetermined set of rules. Undoubtedly clever and impressive, but not the real thing. Once again, outside the flow of the moment. Our journey is concerned with how to live, create, and relate on the cusp of the moment. How to live in the present moment to such a profound degree that magic can enter our lives. Not impressive high-speed recall of subroutine, like memorized licks, but actual real-time creation and relationship. An optimal balance that, once struck, will look a lot like dumb luck. As an improvising musician, most of my work is balanced between practicing musical relationships on one hand and learning to be in the moment on the other. Without both of these, you just can't be a genuine improviser. You need to have internalized the full spectrum of melodic, harmonic, and rhythmic relationships and burned them into optimized pathways in the brain, or you won't be able to recognize the opportunities of the moment when they arrive, or to generate and perform the musical ideas necessary to fulfill those opportunities. And on the other side of the equation, you have to be inspired by and available to the moment, or what you are playing will have no relevance to the musical context you are in. As I've said before, this model is not unique. In sports, emergency medicine, and even in military service, a similar kind of balance is required, creating a space where preparation is ready for opportunities that present themselves. Magic doesn't present itself to those who are merely subroutine prepared. Sure, preparing yourself physically and mentally in your discipline is necessary and creates awareness where opportunities are seen in fast action possible. But in and of itself, that's not magic. It may be clever, impressive, and successful to those witnessing it, but it's not magic. That's study and practice. Magic is when we enter into a space where we exceed our linear ability to recognize opportunity and to implement action that we did not foresee. That is what we are seeking. This happens at peak moments in the jazz world. You and the bass player play exactly the same unique generated idea at exactly the same instant against astronomical odds. And all you can do is smile at each other. Isn't that the definition of luck? Thanks for tuning in. If this subject interests you, I invite you to subscribe to this podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google. 
If you have comments or questions about this podcast, I also invite you to do that at jazzmetaphysics.com. Just go to the podcast episode and comment there. 